Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with your boy, Leek. Today, I have a special guest, um, Aaron Coney, uh, my brother, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Coming off of a busy and exciting weekend, but I'm good, man. Ready to get to this week. Yeah, we know you are booked and busy. <laughs> we know that you're a big person. <laughs> And everything, but I just want to say thank you for taking time out to come on the mental health check-in pod, just to talk mental health and just you know have that conversation because a lot of people don't have these conversations surrounding mental health. So it's always dope to have you know men, especially black men, just come on and talk about mental health. Absolutely, man. Sorry about the airplanes. I'm outside. I don't know if the helicopter's going up, but absolutely, man. When you reached out, um, you know, obviously you just being. A black man, you know, that is concerned about mental health and wants to talk about it and not just, you know, fully supportive of of that message. And so um, I already enjoy doing podcasts and things of that nature, but I was like, if we can help people or set some light or just have a conversation that can hopefully, you know, inspire a thought for someone else to maybe make sure they check in with their own mental health, then I'm all, I'm all for it. Yes, yes, I Totally agree with that. So let's get into this episode. My first question for you is a question I ask everybody when they first come on here. Um, how is your mental health? How is my mental health? Uh, that's a general question. Um, I think it ebbs and flows, man. I think some days it's obviously better than others. Uh, but overall, I would say I'm in a pretty good mental health space. And I at least am very tapped in with myself. So when it things are becoming a bit too much or my mental is weighing heavier things of that nature, I'm able to kind of recognize it and make the adjustments, whether that's, you know, getting out of my environment for a little bit, whether that's talking to a professional, whether that's, you know, I need some some family time and I got to go home to Detroit and, and get my cup filled up or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing it. Yes, I love asking that question because I feel as though, um, we all could be struggling, right? Mm-hmm. If you ask somebody how you doing, you know some of us guys gonna be like, "We okay, we we are, right, we just, we making it." Or you ask somebody how's their mental health, it opens the door to a deeper conversation to say, "Hey, I'm okay, but mentally or this is bothering me. I'm struggling and stuff like that." And I feel like in today's world, we need a lot of people need to ask that question. You know, how's your mental health instead of saying how or how are you doing? Because we could easily say, "Yeah, yeah." I feel like we're almost conditioned to just give a general response to the question, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? Even if it's not the case, because a lot of times when people ask that question, they're not really in a position or thinking they're really ready to receive an authentic answer. Like if my answer was no, are you ready to sit here and help me? You know what I mean? Is there probably not. So um, I, I do think asking that question of how's your mental takes on a different kind of just spin on how are you doing to where people actually think, oh, they're actually checking in. Like, they really want to know, you know, how am I doing okay? Yeah. The truth is, man, like, people see I'm booked and busy and, and doing the different cool stuff with different people, but it's like, 
the career pulls you in one direction, the relationships pull you in one direction, your family and, and making sure that you're there and supportive for your circle that pulls you. And it's like trying to be there for everyone or uh, that can that can weigh in your mental, at least in my life and in my career, in my case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my last question for you, right, is growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? Yep. Um, I think I had, I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit in a place called Southfield, Michigan. And I grew up in a two-parent home. And so I think I had the perfect balance of like that nurture for my mom and then that 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 toughness and, and, and resolve for my dad. And so my dad isn't a very emotional man, but he's also at the same time a very tough man. So in many times, he did like you okay boy dust it off type of thing which is totally okay but when I wasn't actually okay he could recognize that and my mom obviously you know she was an angel she's a saint and so um yeah I was able to express myself a lot as a kid no matter what was going on with me if I felt you know if I was insecure if I was fearful if I was hurt if I was sad um if I was just drained, man, and, and you know, um, my parents are absolutely there for me. It's actually a funny story. Um, not a funny story, but there's a story that I, that I, I share once or twice, but it's pretty powerful to me because in the climate that we live in, um, when I was growing up, I was um, one of very, very few Black people in my, in my school, in like my middle school, elementary school type situation. And I was just, because of that, different, right? And so being different all day, every day would get tiring. And then I would come home and my brother was a bit of a bully. So he would beat up on me and a lot of things. And I got fed up once. And, you know, this is Detroit. I told my mom I was about to get a gun. I was like, I know how I'm about to get a gun. I'm about to start taking out a lot of my problems. You know what I mean? Including my brother at the time. I don't want to put him out there, but I was like, yo. Um, and, and my mom, um, recognized that pain, let me know, you know, feeling that way was normal, but she really taught me to live in and express my emotions instead of bottle them up and let them out with anger. She really introduced me to writing and creative writing. So I got to start writing out my feelings and I kept journals and then I transitioned into writing you know, essays and I was winning writing competitions and everything. But anytime life was really testing me and I was at my max, I would write out my feelings. You know what I mean? And I, to this day, you know, I do that sometimes. Um, and that was one of those things where she recognized, you know, it's okay to not be okay, but really taking that to heart and not just dismissing what I was going through. And then above that, showing me how to deal with it. You know what I mean? How to process it. Because I think that's what a lot of kids miss you know and that's why we do have school shootings that's why people are so misunderstanding because they don't know how to process these emotions so i really got to champion my mom about that you know i had a very safe upbringing yeah thank you for that you know like i tell everybody all the time there's not a right there's not a right or wrong answer to this question you know we all grew up mm-hmm. different backgrounds you know different cities different states you know yeah. and it's dope to hear people answer to that question like I said there's no right or wrong answer to that question yeah. 
Shout out to your mom, you know, and Absolutely, your parents. Man. Shout out to your parents, just you know, being there for you because not every black man has, yeah. not every black and person, I, black man comes from a two person, you know, two two hundred percent, yeah. And that's something I've realized, even just like venturing out in the world, like out in LA, the majority of my cir circle is black, and it's like a lot of actors and content creators that I know they come from, they come from Watts, they come from Compton, they come from South Central, they come from the hoods out here and they don't have you know parents like that and i remember once i was complaining about my my upbringing to a degree i was like yeah bro i was like when i wanted to be with my friend my dad had me working over in the east side of detroit my dad was making me read these books and i was missing my saturdays and, then, and i was venting to my homie and he was just nodding his head listening and he was like oh so so you mean you had a father and i was like what you mean he's like no you had an actual father that you know, instilled things in you and took the time to teach you these things. And I was like, and I never, I, I'd always kind of just took it for granted. And he was like, you know, I had to figure this stuff out. I had no one talking to me about entrepreneurship. I had nobody showing me how money works. I had no one showing me how to hold down a stable job. I had no one showing me anything. I had to figure it out. And then, yeah. you know, so I was like, it was just a, a moment of perspective. You know what I mean? It was like, it might've been annoying for me, but people, weren't even fortunate to be annoyed by their father in that way, you know what I mean? So it's definitely a blessing. Yeah. Um, like I said, thank you again for you know giving us that answer. Um now that's a question we kind of talked about it earlier, but that's what do you think about the stigma surrounding mental health right? So there's a stigma surrounding mental health, right? But it's a stigma surrounding men's mental health. But there is also a stigma surrounding black men's mental health, right? What do you say to that stigma that's out there? I feel like it's getting better, but we need more work because, you know, the suicide rate in men are still high. But that stigma that says, you know, we can't cry. We can't be depressed. You have to man up. Get over it. You are the man. You know, you'll get it done. Like, what do you say to that stigma that's out there? Yeah, man, that's just a hard one to live with. I do feel like it's changing. Um, I feel like everyone, society is a bit softer and a bit more, um, empathetic I guess which is interesting to say but I feel like people are okay with people leaning into their emotions I do feel like um at large society just doesn't really care about what men go through you know what I mean and we can categorize that in a black man white man and I don't really want to do that because it's more divisiveness so right now I just think to the unity I just don't think people care what men go through you know what I mean and I've, I've witnessed that in my own life, even like sometimes our our spouses and our women, it's like they want to and they can to a capacity, but at the end of the day, it's like they need to make sure that their needs and the fam your family's needs and whatever needs get filled. And then it's like, if there's anything left over, we can make sure that, you know, we look at what you need. But I just think, yeah, largely, man. I, I just wish people would care more about men. And it's like, we have to, what are we asking for here? You know what I mean? We're, we live in a society where the word to toxic masculinity is thrown around so much and, and all these traits we're pushing against and, and people want men to be more in tune with women and more in tune with their feelings and all these things. And so it's like, okay, if we're going to do that, when we do that, you got to hear us. You know what I mean? It's too many times we open up just for to realize no one cares. And it's like, well, well, that's why we don't open up. So 
it's like as we start to open up more, uh, people need to start taking action against that. You know, I've I've heard my brothers and my peers and my friends literally say, I'm on the brink of killing myself. You know what I mean? I can only handle so much. Whatever. And people is like they hear it, but it's like they don't know any other gear. So it's like, I hear you, well, you know, let's take care of you right now and then get back to doing what you you know, always gotta do type of thing. So um, and then just being black in this country, you know, it goes without saying, um, it's tough, uh, tough at every turn, man. And I, it's just tough at every turn. And I, I, I champion guys like, um, Jason Wilson and, and, and Charlemagne the God and, um, uh, what's my man that wrote, um, uh, men, male versus men, um, his name's escaping me right now, but they, they, they just, you know, champion um, mental health advocacy and especially for black men. And I think just the more people that do things like that, my boy, Big Sean, and his mom had a little whole podcast dedicated to, to mental health and positive thinking and all these things. So I think as people just continue to have that conversation, the more people are willing to be open with what they go through, but more importantly, what they go through, but how they deal with it and how they overcome. I think we're going to be in all right shape. Yeah. I just, like I said earlier, I feel like the stigma is getting a little better, but that suicide rate in men is still high. Yeah, man. I, like they I could definitely see about. that. They can't feel like they can't talk to nobody. They feel like they talk to their homeboys. They're going to get clowned and stuff like that. And I always tell people, just be nice to somebody. You just never know what battle they are yeah. facing. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's sometimes hard to find who you can open up to but you know yeah, yeah. I'm thankful I got like a a circle of brothers like um RJ included my boy ZZ's one of them shout out my boy Norm like there's people you can talk to you know what I mean that you know if, if you only got one ear or two ears for you and, and sometimes your boys are good enough um especially if you have the vulnerable space with your boys where they're not going to clown you for certain things like if all your boys do is clown you you know, you got to find another circle, but you got to have a circle that where you can open up with and be vulnerable as men with, because that space is so rare that, you know, it's like, you got to make sure you can have that space in your own life. You know? Yeah. Um, before I get to my next question, right? I'm going yeah. to answer the question. I'm going to answer the question first. I'm going to say the question, but I'm going to answer it first to make my guests All right. always make them feel comfortable. So, before we get to this question, I want to say anybody out there that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide and any suicide ideation, there is a crisis number out there. The Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 988. All you have to do is dial 988 from your phone. It's easy hmm. to call and talk to someone. They are available 365 days. Trust me, like you could be bored, lonely, need someone to talk to, just feel alone. They are there for you. I volunteer. And um, with free online support groups with NAMI, NAMI is across the world. They have free online support groups. I know everybody likes free because I do like free, but it's not to replace therapy. But even I suggest you get into therapy and try to find a therapist. But free online support groups are amazing. Being in a group of people that understand mental health, like my bro Aaron said, you know, not everybody understands mental health. And I say that all the time. You got to remember, not all of your friends are going to understand mental health. But if you out there struggling, the number is 988. So my question for you, right? Like I said, I'm going to answer it first. Um, Have you ever dealt with any thoughts of suicide or just thoughts of not want to be here? Or have you lost? If not, 
have you lost someone to suicide? So I'll go first. Um, everybody that listens to my podcast, I'm on season four. They know my story. Um, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins. Didn't start dealing with that until like I'm 33, till like I was 26, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was standoffish towards men and stuff like that. I didn't want to be around them and stuff like that. Then really particularly probably to be honest, like black men and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, I started going to this non-denominational church and everything. And that's when I realized I had these issues with men. I never knew it, but that's when I realized, like when people try to be cool with me, stand off and everything. Um, 2019, lost my mom to liver cancer. And then nine months later, my sister died. So like, my thoughts of suicide have all been in my mind. I had suicide attempts. I had the thoughts. I had planned out stuff. I've been at places where I just, I'm about to kill myself. And I um just always want to say, like, talk to someone. You know, I always have, I always have someone to talk to. Like we said earlier, not everybody understands mental health problems. I still struggle. I do my podcast, whatever. I help with all my support groups. I still struggle with stuff like that. As long as you're talking to somebody, you're in therapy. Well, therapy, it could be a therapist at your church or whatever you worship, you know, your guy that and stuff like talk to your leader or just that friend that you could talk to. Just make sure you're talking to someone. And um let me let me I, ask I, you. Yes. What stopped you from doing it? Was it talking to somebody? I so what stopped what so I still sometimes be suicidal where I just want to go. But what stopped me some most of the times is my um one of my friends my friend Dante Austin in Philly. I'm from Philly. Um, openly gay cop. He um took his life. That was somebody that I was talking to one time and telling him I want to die. I want to kill myself. That talked me out of it. Mm. And to know that he was going through something, he looked like he was such a happy person. Um, didn't know he was what he. I don't know what he was struggling with. Even when he died, it was on the news in Philly. I thought like it was a setup, like the cops, because you know he was he was a cop. I thought it was like a setup, but his mom was like, no, like he took his life and stuff like that. And I know how that feel to lose somebody that you cool with or, you know, that close to you. So sometimes I think like, damn, if I go, like how would the people I'm cool with, you know, take that? You know, people, we we talk about people dying by suicide because that's the correct term, die by suicide. We talk about that, but we never talk about the people that's left behind. Like mm. one of my friends I had on my podcast, her husband, you know, he took his life, you know, shot himself in their in apartment. And I had on a podcast and, you know, because we never hear that side of the story of people that's left behind. Yeah. It's all two friends of suicide. So, like, I know how that feeling is and stuff like that, you know? They're just like, like, damn, why didn't you call? Why didn't you, t- like, why didn't you talk to someone? So, mm-hmm. I don't Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, I feel like I feel like everyone has had thoughts of suicide, to be honest. I feel like that's a normal thought, um, especially at moments when life seems like it's too much for you. Um, And so I've definitely, not so much from like a mental health, I want to kill myself for real, but I have had moments where I'm like, what's on my plate and this journey that I'm on and everything that's demanding of me is too much. And I just want to disappear or sometimes the thought of people treat you this way, you know, how would they react or how would they feel if you were gone? Um, And so I've had those thoughts, but um, not to, 
they're not too prevalent with me, um, to be honest. But I, I, they are relatable. And, I mean, I've had, you know, most recently and publicly, um, one of my good friends, Jason David Frank, who is known as the original Green Power Ranger, yeah. um, he killed himself. And that was that was tough because um, I knew I knew he struggled with mental health. Um, he did have avenues for dealing with it. Um, I would talk to him about it, but I just feel like he put others in front of himself so much, like his fans, his family that may have relied on him. Um, you know, a lot of people relied on him uh, through for financially for inspiration to be that hero to be whatever you know what I mean and when you're filling up everyone's cup and you don't have time to fill up your own or have someone that you know is there to fill up yours um that's when you're in dangerous territory so that one hit hard just because you know you don't ever think the last time you talk to someone's going to be the last time or um you know that it was that bad and the thing about like suicide is I don't ever think really it was that bad I just think people lose in moments you know what I mean he had a moment that overwhelmed him and he and he did what he did but not that life just in general was too overwhelming and so I feel bad that he lost that battle um in that moment you know but it's just more of a a resolve to make sure that we're louder about this sort of thing um, so that people know that's not their only option or their best or last resort or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And, and that essentially that they're not alone. You know what I mean? I don't know what people look at me and think I am or think my life is like or whatever, but it's like, if knowing that I've had suicidal thoughts in my life helps you feel like you're normal and it's okay, yeah. and you can be okay then you know it's cool and, and, and i hope that that runs up to the most prominent people and some of the, the best of what they do you know I, I think they all have these bouts of being overwhelmed and, and just wanting to to end it all so um and in the same respect i just want to be a beacon of light to not do that <laughs> you know what i mean like even if you're feeling dark there will be lightness on the other side of that darkness. So um, just hold the line, be strong, lean on your support systems and, and, and try not to lose the battle in that moment that'll make a permanent decision on, you know, your life and then everyone's lives that you impact. You know, it's a ripple effect. You may think you're just ending it for yourself, but what does that do to everyone else you love, you know? Yeah. Um, it's crazy that you mentioned... Um, um, cause like when that happened, like, you know, me, I didn't, I grew up, my grandma raised me and stuff like that, you know, and my dad was in and out of So like, like I didn't have like, you know how children be like heroes and stuff like that. But Jason, mm -hmm. I guess watching Power Rangers was like a hero and stuff like that and everything. Yeah. Man realized that until like, you know, he died by suicide. So, you mm -hmm. know, that like, I didn't know him, but it touched me. I was like, damn, you know, it made me just want to fight more. Yeah. Or just doing these interviews or just just having men on you know i have women on too but it made me just yeah. want to help people and stuff like that and just have these conversations because people are struggling and they have no avenue to talk to or they feel like they can't talk to someone yeah. so um and i know my own circle um 
are very, not my own circle, some of my circles, not the ones that I lean on for this sort of thing, but just people in my life, I find they're, they'll always downplay whatever it is that I say I'm going through because my life looks good. And because, oh, you were just with Jay-Z, you walking red carpet, you did. that means that I can't have problems. That means that I can't be, you know, at my mental capacity, no. And so I found that, like, even trying to talk to someone, you know, I don't know where JDF was at, but, like, oftentimes when you're at a certain level, like, when you try to talk to someone, people dismiss it, you know? Like, you tell somebody back in Detroit that I got problems. They're like, oh, you ain't got no problem, man. Come back, you know what I mean? Come back here. You don't see a problem. You ain't got no kids. You ain't got no problems. So it's like, but we can't keep, we can't do that to people. When they tell you their problems, even if their problems aren't the same as your problems or their problems seem small to you, maybe small in your world, but it's huge in their world. And so it's like, um, when people open up to you, you, you got to listen um, and you can't be dismissive of other people's problems. I, I've, I've heard that as well. Even some of my clients, you know, they complain to me about having the weight of the world. They pay, they pay their spouse's rent. They pay their parents' rent. They're looking out for their nephews and nieces. They're doing, you know what I mean? It's like, they got their whole family on the back. And then the minute they tell somebody from their family their problems, it's like, oh, you good. You got it. You out there living your best life. It's like, nah, man, you can't do that to people. Yeah. So anybody out there that's struggling or listening to this episode, their suicide prevention number is 988. 98 is the number. Please reach out to someone. Talk to someone. Free online support groups with NAMI. They're all across the world. Um, just reach out to someone. Um, my next question for you is more so not a question, but like let's talk about Aaron being a talent manager. You know, how is that for you? Like how that starts and where is it at now? Yeah, man. Um, it's a crazy thing. I'm I'm a graphic designer by trade. And so I'm I have a marketing degree, and basically with that, I just started to help whoever I could and it really was music musicians and actors I'm sorry what's that uh, helping musicians and actors um cultivate their personal brands you know what I mean with logos websites things of that nature and it just kind of took a natural transition or evolution into talent management to where I was booking people for paid appearances and comic cons and all over the world, things of that nature. And then, um, you know, in, in this last year, last couple of years, I started working with um, Sean Schimmel, who's the voice of Goku, as his business manager, um, you know, finding opportunities to get money and to grow his personal brand outside of TV and film, outside of just being Goku. And obviously with RJ, just kind of being his road manager and being on the ground with him um, on sets and on press tours and, you know, anywhere he's got to go, you know, I'm there as his right-hand man and kind of just cultivating the career, you know, that he wants and the career of his dreams. And I've always been a guy that just helps other people. And in doing so, I always say opportunities increase when you help others win. And I feel like that's just a, a, a summation of, me as a talent manager and how I even just wound up in this career is just me trying to help other people win and in turn good things have been able to happen for me. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah, uh, man. That's and all I wanna 
I want to plug real quick. We just uh, we shot a movie called The Book of Clarence over in Matera, Italy, um, a year ago actually, and it just came released in theaters this past Friday. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Uh, we would love to support. We'd love to know what you think of it. And it was just uh, it was a lot of fun. It was my first feature film where I got to be a part of this process from beginning to end. So it was just cool to to watch it come out and go do press for it and and I went to see it in the theater just to see how people in the theater you know was reacting to it and loved it and it was just super gratifying so I had to plug that real quick oh that's crazy before you about to plug I was about to ask you about the book of clearance <laughs> okay okay well, just out, and there it is right now make sure you guys go see that talk yeah. more about that movie like what it's about and everything <clears throat> well we make we, like tell us why people should go see it yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people should go see it for a multitude of reasons, man. I think the cast is phenomenal. Um, if you look up everyone's attached from James or uh, James Samuel, the director, Lakeith Stanfield, RJ Tyler, Omar C, Caleb from Stranger Things, Tiana Taylor, James McAvoy, you know, there's Benedict Cumberbatch, it's such a star-studded cast. So that alone is a reason to see it. But beyond that, man, James is such a visionary. And it's beautiful because he really just puts on for Black people. And it's like when we hear about the biblical stories and we all grew up watching the Ten Commandments and things of that nature, it's like not many Black people in those stories, but we were there. You know what I mean? So it's like to have um, a story told that set in that that era that highlights Black people the way it does, it's just cool to see on film, man. And it's like the harder they fall, James's first project with, Lakeith was in that and RJ was in that. It's like, I never loved watching old Westerns with my, my pops growing up. You know, it was always these old white men, like Clint East type of guys. And it just never appeased to me. And and so James put his spin on a Western with the soul and the grit and the people that look like us, talk like us. And I was like, this is the dopest Western I've ever seen. And so this is like a follow-up to to that um set in the biblical era man and it's a story about a guy who does not believe in he doesn't believe in christ and even the bible matthew 24 5 says like there will be um false messiahs who will who trick people and lead them astray and so this story is kind of a story about one of those guys um in clarence and it's a story it's a funny story it's a comedy as well as a drama and it's a story about him finding his faith in tricking people and doing what he does and he comes to have his own spiritual journey and find faith and so so it's, it's a cool story and i hope people you know are receptive to it a lot of people are like it's blasphemous y'all playing with jesus yada yada like jesus is in this film it is not lakeith stanfield um and and we pay you know honor to to christ and the the knowing not even the belief of god the knowing of god that's so this film's about belief versus knowing. Um, and so I think y'all should check it out for sure. Make sure y'all go check that out. It's in there it is now. Yeah. Support, 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 support. Run it up so we can have more black films being made, man. Yes. Um, my next question for you, right, is what are some good coping skills you can recommend to someone that's maybe struggling with their mental health, right? And before my bro Aaron answers, um, his coping skills, my coping skills may not work for everybody, but there are coping skills out there that work for people. I just want to make that clear because some people be like, oh, that doesn't work for me, but it works for, if it what doesn't work for you, it could work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
100%, man. I touched on one of mine earlier. It's it's writing, you know what I mean? And and for me personally, within writing, it releases the anger. And so by the time I'm done writing whatever it is I'm writing, I'm usually not as fragile, whether that's in a fragile state of anger, pain, um, you know, whatever the mental issue that I'm dealing with, it's usually subsided by the time I'm done writing it out. Um, and it's allowing my brain to focus on the writing itself too. You know, it starts off just emotion, 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 and then it, it kind of takes a different path and really focuses in on the root of whatever I'm upset about or whatever storm my mental or draining me or whatever. And, helps me analyze that. So writing is one for me, man. Um, talking to someone is also one for me. Um, I have talking to professionals as well as friends and people in my circle. One of my best friends is a psychologist, so I talk to her a lot too. And so I think um, talking to someone who creates a safe space for you where you're not going to get judgment you're not going to sometimes we don't even like talking to friends because if you open up to a friend it's like every time they see you they they might treat you differently like are you okay are you and you don't always need that sometimes just in that moment you need to but whatever it is out and, and and yeah just talk about it so for me writing talking about it i'm big on like a visual not everyone has the ability to change environments but i change environments a lot like i'm no stranger to taking a, a road trip to like palm springs or or hopping on a plane and going somewhere or even just going home and chilling out in my dad's backyard where you know hollywood and la can't get to me in that moment you know what i mean it's like you got to change environment or go off the grid or delete social media do what you got to do um because you know there's only one you and that's the most important so yeah, man, those are some of mine. Yeah, thank you. Um, I definitely agree with the writing. If you guys are not like writer writers, you know, um, you, everybody has a phone. You can voice journal. You can voice journal. Um, mm -hmm. Walk, walking. You know, walk. I walk one time and talked to my therapist. That shit was so amazing. Um, exercising that definitely helps with your mental health. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Forgot and, that one. Yeah, that definitely is a good help. Um, just like I said, not everything works for everybody. Like yoga does not work for me, but it may work for somebody else. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I don't like the gym. Lifting weights doesn't really do it for me. But like Muay Thai and punching, like boxing class and stuff, that that's a good one for me too. Yeah. One thing that was good for my mental health that I did, I need to go back on it. Was I was um microdosing. Microdosing is amazing. Um. I'm not a doctor, but microdosing is so. I heard Jaden Smith talking about that. It's so damn dope. Like mentally, when I was taking it six months, my mental health was good. No suicidal thoughts, no depression. I was just in a good mood and stuff like that. So that's always amazing. Got you. Dope. My um, last question for you, right? I want to ask you um, what somebody's listening to this episode, right? And they're struggling with their mental health, right? What can you mm -hmm. tell the person that's listening why it is the most important thing that they put their mental health first? You know, a lot of people that struggle with mental health, we put others before ourselves. Why is mm -hmm. it so important that we put our mental health first? 
I mean, I just use the analogy of a car, man. It's like, you know, you can be like an Uber driver. You can be driving people around all day long. And maybe your job is to transport people from point A to point B. But if your check engine light comes on and you ignore it, the car is going to break down on you. And then you're no good to yourself. You're no good to anyone. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't ignore that check engine light. And, and you know, if you... If your mental health isn't good or you continue to ignore it, you're not going to be any good to anyone else and you're not going to be any good to yourself. So it's just like there's only one you, you know what I mean? Our brain is the nucleus. That's uh, that's where it starts. So it's almost like above all else, you know what I mean? It's like your mental health. You could be in the gym and if you're mentally, you know, not well, mentally unhealthy, that's not going to matter anyway. You know what I mean? So it's like, if there's anything in life you got to prioritize first, it is your mental health and then let it trickle down to your physical health and everything else. So, Yep. And I always say, nobody's going to put your mental health like you're going to put yourself first. You cannot pull from an empty cup. Trust me. I'm, I'm a little bit of an example of trying to do that. It is draining. While you are being there for others, make sure somebody's there for you. Like I said earlier, like, Aaron said not everybody understands mental health and that's okay you know there's somebody out there that will understand and have that have your back like no other but you gotta remember because we get this we can't we get this people are going to disappoint us so we can't suspect I mean just like think somebody's going to understand mental health not everybody gets it so I definitely want to say thank you for coming on just saying yes to come on a podcast my brother but I do want to ask yeah. you else that you just want to promote or just go out there, just like this is your time, bro. Um, man, um, not really. I would just say kind of tap in with me. I'm on social media at Aaron A R O N dot Coney C O N E Y. Um, you know, a lot more of just kind of what you're saying, what my talent is up to. I got a couple film projects in development. Um, and yeah, man. Stay tuned to the Hustle Matters channel. What's up? Yes. And make sure y'all go, once again, go out and support the Book of Clearance. <laughs> make sure you yeah. see that movie. It is a must-see. I haven't seen it. I'm going to go see it next week. But And, sure. and Rap Shit on HBO. We, oh, yeah, we he did was Rap, rap Shit. shit. Yeah, he RJ definitely. plays Lamont on there. I got a little silent cameo on the last episode, so if you squint your eyes and look for your boy, you might see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You funny, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for coming on, my brother. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Until next time, you have a good one. Take care of your mental, bro. You too, bro. Yep.